Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful opportunity to gather together, to reflect on your word and to especially reflect on what it means for you to be our good shepherd. Pour down your Holy Spirit on us and give us a sense of your presence. Give us a sense of, what a, of purpose to live in this world, following you and being loved by you, but also reflecting you as our good shepherd. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. Don't know if you've spent much time thinking about what it means for Jesus to be our good shepherd. You know, we've got that famous psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And then a bit later on it talks about, even though I walk through the darkest valleys, he is with me, his rod and staff protect me. In this world, we, particularly for us who live in a city environment, we don't come across many shepherds, do we? We don't come across many situations where we have um, people who are shepherds. But it's important to think that and think about what does this mean for us for Jesus to be our good shepherd. There's a story of a young boy who got lost in a fairly large supermarket, um, supermarket shopping centre around Christmas time. And I don't know if you've ever been in those places around Christmas time. There's a lot of noise, a lot of lights. Um, there's a lot of things happening. And the little boy was somewhat confused and worried and started to tear up and didn't know where mum and dad were. He had wandered off from his parents, or he would say his parents wandered off from him and left him there. And for about five minutes, he was a bit anxious. But then he heard the voice of his mum. And he looked around, and whilst he couldn't see her, he kept walking towards what he thought the voice. He knew his mum's voice. And this is what Jesus is reminding us. We are to know the voice of the Good Shepherd. The voice of the Good Shepherd will continually be part of our life, helping us and guiding us, but leading us to eternal life. Jesus says, I am the Good Shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. And so we're going to explore what, a bit further today what it means for Jesus to be our good shepherd. A couple of things that will help us have a deeper understanding, um, a greater understanding of this passage, is to look at some background things. The word good is kalios. Now, good doesn't mean that he's the, if you assessed him as a shepherd, he did everything right. It means more than that. He go, it means good means he goes beyond expectations. Not only does the job perfectly, but his manner is that he cares for and makes sure he's got to care for the people, not just doing the job correctly. And one commentator said it's a little bit like assessing a doctor or a doctor. A doctor could make a surgeon. A surgeon could make sure they've done the right surgeon, they've done everything. But if they don't treat somebody with good bedside manner, 
they may not be considered as good as somebody who does treat them with bedside manner. And so the understanding of good in this case is that you have a good shepherd that not only does what they're supposed to do, but does it with a heart for the people they're caring for or the sheep they're caring for. And then if we look at shepherd, see, shepherd pops up throughout Scripture in a number of ways. We see shepherd in the Old Testament. It's a description of God. God is our shepherd, with the most famous being the Lord is my shepherd. But if you go back to Genesis, we also see that it talks about God being our shepherd. The shepherd being the person who is overseeing, who's protecting, who's caring, who's looking after. Um, an early church father called Tiberius says a good shepherd will care for the sheep and shear the sheep. It won't skin the sheep. So that kind of this idea of God being our good shepherd. And then we have not only God being our shepherd, but God also appoints people to shepherd Israel. If you look at Numbers 27, where God appoints people to um, be the shepherd of his people. If we go to Ezekiel 34, we see the corresponding thing of what a bad shepherd's like. A bad shepherd just thinks of themselves. They're in the position just for themselves and they neglect the people of Israel. They neglect the people under their care. And so you can see this picture of what who God is is described as a shepherd, something that's quite familiar to some of those people. The interesting thing about the shepherds, in, in Australia we don't, we don't usually have shepherds so much. We use things like sheepdogs right, to round things up. But in the Middle East, somebody went to the Middle East, a, a scholar went to the Middle East and observed um, a group of sheep with four shepherds. At the end of the day, um, they, were, they gathered together. But in the morning... The four shepherds called their sheep, and it was interesting. The sheep went to the voice. They knew the voice of their shepherds. The other background thing is that Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. This passage where he talks about being the good shepherd follows Jesus healing a man. So the context is Jesus has healed a blind person, and then the Pharisees have got their knickers in a knot. They've got quite upset with this happening, and they, they question whether Jesus is the real deal, whether the Messiah, and so they investigate and question um, the healing, and they question whether Jesus actually had the credentials to be the person who healed and also the Messiah. Jesus then responds, and this is the, the, just the preceding verses from this section on Jesus explaining that he's the good shepherd. He highlights that there is spiritual blindness, and they're the sin of the Pharisees. The Pharisees, whilst they are not physically blind, they have this sin that's blinding them spiritually, not accepting that God has sent Jesus as their Messiah. And so he then talks about what it means for him to be the good shepherd. Before we get into the passage a bit more, there's two questions I invite you to reflect on and think about. And this talks about who are we listening to? Who, what am I listening to so that I can have clarity for life? What is giving me, who or what am I listening to so I can have purpose for life? How do I make sense of what is important? Another way to think about this is, who is my shepherd? Who is guiding me? Who is reminding me of the future? Who is helping me make sense of life? 
And it's usually most of us listen to a number of people or things. Some of those go quite back some time. But I encourage you to think about this as who or what am I listening to so that I can have clarity of my life. The second question is, what does it mean for me to listen to, which in other words, not just hear, but listen to, take notice of, Jesus the Good Shepherd? What does it mean for me to listen to, take notice of, Jesus the Good Shepherd? As our Good Shepherd, the first thing Jesus highlights today is that he lays down his life for us. It says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. From verses 17 to 18, he says, The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up. This command I received from my father. And this is an important aspect of what Jesus is highlighting. Remember, he hasn't gone to the cross yet. But what he's saying is, I'm going to be the one who's going to prepare to die for you, to the Israelites and to the other listeners at that stage. And he's saying that also to us. He is the one who is prepared to die. He doesn't just direct us. He doesn't just give us guidance. He doesn't just remind us we're loved. He actually shows that love. And now we know that that love comes to us through the cross. He eventually will die on the cross for us. And that him dying for us is something that we need. We need somebody to pay for our sins. Otherwise, we would have to pay for our sins and be permanently disconnected from God. But what Jesus is saying here is that, yes, he is their good shepherd, the one they should be listening to, the one he cares for the group. But he's going to do more than just be an overseer. He's going to be the one that eventually dies for them. And so as our good shepherd, he goes above and beyond. And so explains what it means, demonstrates what it means for him to be our good shepherd. This next point in him being our good shepherd. And this is important for us if we think about the context of if he's the shepherd and we are the sheep, and we have that passage from Isaiah, we're all like sheep have gone astray, each to our own way. The idea of us being thought of as sheep is that we have this human nature that goes away from God because we want to do our own things. We we end up sinning, we end up going and, and following other voices. And so Jesus says our good shepherd, though, when that happens, he doesn't desert us. He says, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for us. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Now think about the context of where the placement of where this passage is. This is again before Jesus' crucifixion. And what Jesus is saying is, I'm going to be committed no matter what happens. No matter how much trouble comes my way, I am going to continue God's mission, my Father's mission. I'm not going to des- desert you. Now, he didn't have to go to cross the cross for himself. He went to the cross for me and for you. He encountered the trouble that the world had for me and for you. But he also continues to be with us 
throughout all the troubles that we have in the world. He continues to help us. Psalm 23 reminds us part of God's character is um, even when troubles arise, he's not going to desert us. He's going to continue to be with us. Now, sometimes our troubles are not our own being. They're not the result of what we have done. They're the result of what others have done. But sometimes they're the result of what we have done. A bit like that sheep in the kids story. That sheep had wandered off right, for a number of years, had been by itself and it's grown woolly hair. The truth is God doesn't want to desert us. He doesn't want to punish us or cut us off. He wants to bring us back and include us. And we see this constantly within the New Testament, that God is the one of wanting to forgive us and love us. And here Jesus is saying, he goes, I'm not like the hired hands. I'm not like the people who, when the going gets tough, are going to desert you. I'm going to stick around. Now, as I've shared with you, I, I love my sporting um, stories and my sporting history, and I think we gain a, a fair bit about leadership from a lot of sporting situations. And one of the clubs that I'm intrigued with is um, the Melbourne Storm Rugby League Club, because a number of years ago, they got into immense trouble. They were um, convicted of salary cap breaches. Um, they were stripped of their points, and they had to play a whole next season without any points, stripped of premierships. But what I found interesting was their coach, Craig Bellamy, he didn't get up and just leave and say, well, that's it. There's no point hanging around. He continued to help them through that scenario. And now they are considered one of the best clubs to be part of still. Well, when we look at Jesus, we have somebody who's better than that, somebody who will stick with us no matter what sin we commit, no matter how much we have gone against God, because he wants to ultimately forgive us and love us, and he wants each of us to be with him in heaven. So keep that in mind in two ways when that God never deserts us. When we're in trouble, right? when we're in trouble, God is there with us. He might not, not necessarily make life easy for us, but he is there with us to help us through that trouble. The other scenario, the other thing to remember, is that when we get ourselves into trouble through sin, when we turn away from God, when we do things our own way, God still wants us to be loved by him. And he has proven that through sending Jesus into the world. The whole essence, the whole nature of Christianity is to, for God to come into the world to say, even though you desert me from time to time, even though you leave me, I'm not going to desert you. And so Jesus, as our good shepherd, no matter how tough life gets, will continue to be with us, continue to try to help us and love us. Now, it doesn't mean that he allows us to continue to do the wrong things, but what it means he's going to help us through all the difficulties of our life. The third thing is Jesus, as our good shepherd, is that he knows for us and cares for us personally, that he knows each one of us. God is not some distant God away, up in the sky, who kind of doesn't know you. In fact, God is somebody who knows us personally. He's not like some God in a head office that has no understanding of who you are or knows nothing about you, but he knows you intimately. Verse 14 to 15, 
I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me, I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Now, part of God knowing us intimately is he also wants us to, for, for us to spend time with him, to know him intimately, to, to read the Bible regularly is one good way for us to, to grow in that knowing him intimately, to have an understanding of that. You see, if we don't engage with God through the scriptures, if we don't engage with God through the Christian community, through worship, we end up having a secular view and even an, an alternative view of God. Right? We have a view of God that is quite simple and also misleading, that we all often think, as some people do, that God's just about punishing us, that God is about giving us karma, which is not true. What we have is a God who will continue to love us despite our flaws, despite our problems, despite our sins. And that is the message of Jesus coming into this world. And so this call, God knows you intimately. right? And I encourage you in your daily prayers just to spend time with God, to spend time listening to God. Remember that when Jesus gave us the prayer, he didn't say, pray to the Lord. Or he didn't say, pray to the boss. He said, pray to your loving heavenly father. And so in your daily prayers, I encourage you to think about, I'm praying to my daily heavenly father, the one who loves me and knows me intimately. Share with him those things that are really on your heart and the concern with you and pray with him and, and ask God to help you to have an understanding of life now, but also life eternally. The fourth aspect of Jesus as our good shepherd is he unites us with other believers. Right? He unites us with other believers and many of them will be different to us. Interesting in verse 16 he says, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The ultimate view of Christianity is that we are a diverse community. Right? The unfortunate thing from an outsider's point of view of Christianity is we are a diverse community who's divided. But the one thing that unites us is Christ. I, I've said this before and I'll say it um, continually. One of the saddest things that's happened in Christianity, particularly in the last number of years, has been this focus on knowing our distinctives as group. Let's know what it means to be Lutheran. Let's know what it means to be Anglican. Let's know what it means to be Catholic. Let's know what it means to be Orthodox. Um, that's okay. But what we then do is use it to be divided. Oh, we can't have anything to do with that group because they're different to us. We can't have anything to do with that group because they were different to us. Well, I remember this older pastor saying to me one day when we were preparing for ministry, he says, look, Yes, we need to understand who we are, where we've come from. But never forget, most of what we're on about is the same. Most of what we're on about is about Jesus Christ coming to this world to love us and forgive us and save us. And in fact, if you look at across the Christian traditions, most of what we have as the same all comes from Christ. And so that's what we see as Jesus as our good shepherd. We see Jesus uniting us, bringing us together, even though we have differences. 
We will have differences. We have different personalities. We have different people. Now, here's the thing about human nature often. A lot of the times, human nature wants to only work in a small group with people we're comfortable with, people who are the same as us. You know, that's why we have so many tensions around the world. But the reality is, God wants us to be a diverse community, a large community, a community that is um, broad in its approach, narrow in salvation, but broad in its approach in revealing God's love into the world. And we see this as Jesus, our good shepherd, being the one who unites us. So can I encourage you that if you have differences with people, particularly other Christians, ask whether those differences are around Christ or around something else. And most of the time they'll be around something else. We might pretend they're around Christ, but they're often around a practice that we have. Or they're often around um, a thing that we believe is important. But then ask, is it around forgiveness and God's salvation or something else? And so as we live, as we live in this world, let's remember that we have this good shepherd, Jesus, the one who has come into this world to not only care for us and protect us, but also to ultimately give us life, that he has laid down his life for you. Ultimately, my relationship with God your relationship with God and anyone else's relationship with God is dependent on this fact that Jesus has laid down his life for us. It's not about how much we do for God, how much we give up for God. It's that God has prepared to give up his son for us. Secondly, as we live in this world, let us remember that Jesus as our good shepherd never deserts us. Sometimes we may feel alone. And there have been times where I've felt alone and I've cried out to God, God, where are you? What's going on? And what I've found is often that prayer has led to God giving me some clarity because I then start to be thinking about reading the scriptures and then I start seeing how God is at work through people who are part of our congregation and in the other Christian communities. Remember that God continues to walk with you and help you through the troubles of life. And so if you're ever experiencing those troubles of life, ever going through those difficulties, spend time, persevere with God. It doesn't necessarily mean those troubles will disappear. But it means God will help you through them. Thirdly, remember Jesus, our good shepherd, knows and cares for you personally. is with you. And knows for you personally. You know, the New Testament talks about even knows the number of hairs on your head. Right? And even for someone like Jimmy, that's a good task. Or even someone like Peter, that's a, a tough task. right? But the reality is he knows everything about us. Right? And he continues to care for us. And lastly, Jesus, our good shepherd, is about us uniting us with others. And this gets me thinking, if God is about uniting us with others, what does it mean when other people come into our life? A big focus for Christianity is that God, in uniting us with others, is about encouraging us to develop relationships with people. It's encouraging us to help other people. It's not about making us the same, and not about us conforming us to be 
all the same or as Christians, but in fact, seeing how we can work together for his mission, seeing how we can support and encourage each other, seeing how we can be enriched by other people in our lives who are different from us. Because ultimately, the Christian faith is not about us. It's not about what we like. It's about what God wants to do in this world, to reveal his love to every person who has walked on this planet, to help us to know that through Jesus we have a future. And so for an understanding of life, for direction in life, for clarity, I encourage you to listen to the voice of Jesus, our good shepherd, the one whose ultimate goal is to make sure you're included in heaven and the one whose ultimate goal is to care for you and guide you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have sent Jesus into this world to be our good shepherd. Pour down your Holy Spirit on us so that we have an understanding of what it means for you to continually love us even when life is difficult, even when we face troubles. Gracious Father, we thank you for the wonderful gift you have given us of a Christian community, a diverse Christian community that has been made possible by your son, Jesus. As we live in this world, may we know how much you are our good shepherd. And may we reflect reflect you and your love to those we have an opportunity to interact with. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.